0: Hello and welcome to the Prepare to Compete podcast. Where we talk all things VA disability benefits, real estate, entrepreneurship, and more. Kenneth Davis,
1: how you feeling today, my brother? Man, I'm feeling blessed and highly favored. Man, just uh, just really excited about educating the veterans today. Absolutely, man. Continuing to educate the veterans. This is actually
0: part two where we getting into talking more about that Chapter Thirty Five benefit and really getting into the details on that education benefit and actually the compensation that veterans are actually able to receive. So yes, really breaking that down from whether you're enrolled full-time, part-time, half-time, anytime, we're going to let you know uh, what that benefit is able to get you. All right. Now, so we talked a little bit about chapter 35 and just kind of going over the increase. So if you want to learn more about that. Definitely check out that last video. But now we want to really get into the numbers, right? Because everybody want to break down the numbers (laughs) and know exactly how much money they're going to be getting and receiving. So, uh, you know, uh, kind of give us an overview of how that kind of breaks down as far as whether the individual is going to be halftime three-fourths time, or actually a full-time student utilizing that benefit?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it it is a breakdown, right? Because everyone has uh, different standards of how they're going to be able to go to, obviously, school or go get educated, right? You have half-time, right? You have full-time, you have quarter-time, and you also have uh, three-fourths time, right? So, uh, with that, or one-fourth time, rather. So, with that, we want to understand that each qualification pays out differently. Right. So currently for chapter 35, right, full time, it's going to pay out the 1488. Right. The 1488 is going to you're going to be, again, that is a monthly distribution payment that is, again, direct deposited to you every single month. Okay, so we want to understand it's going to pay out 1488 every single month. All right. But also when we're talking about halftime, halftime is going to be the uh, 862. Okay, 862. That's what you're gonna to receive to be able to go for chapter 35. If you're utilizing chapter 35 as a beneficiary or dependent, 862. All right. And also, when we're talking about three fourths time, that one is gonna be 1176, right? 1176. That is what you're gonna be compensated as uh, going to obviously school to the halftime sector. Now, also uh, for one fourth time, it's gonna be 372. 372, um, again, you know, it's just if you're taking one or two classes, but maybe probably one class, right? We're talking about one-fourth time. But uh, the determination is based upon the schooling and how they qualify each course and also what the VA accepts. So if you're doing a hybrid program, right, where you have one class online, another class in person um, you know, based upon the credits, you know, obviously you can speak a little bit more to that based upon the credits, how they qualify, what's full time, what's quarter time, and what's half time. Absolutely, so, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah. So you always want to talk to the financial aid office at the institution that you're at, because a lot of people are going to school online or again with that hybrid model right now. And you just may be taking one class at a time, but that mm-hmm. class may be accelerated, right? Yeah. So it may be four weeks or eight weeks. A traditional semester is usually 15 or 16 weeks, right? So yeah. as long as you're taking up to 12 credits within that 16-week semester, you're considered full-time. So I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Absolutely, absolutely. So a full-time semester at an institution is pretty much about three, four months, right? It's going to be that 15, 16 weeks, okay? Mm-hmm. So if you are going there and you're taking one class every Four weeks, and you get done with four classes, most of the time that's gonna constitute you as being a full time student. Okay. But what you wanna do is always check with the financial aid office because there's gonna be different rules and regulations that that institution follows to really kind of allow that. So, um, you know, again, it kind of gets into the weeds a little bit. You don't, you don't want to always just, oh, well, I'm only taking one class at a time. I'm not full-time. And, you know, that sort of thing, you could actually still be full-time. I know a lot of programs like that, especially when you get into the uh, vocational programs okay. and nursing and other kind of rehabilitation programs, you're really doing one specialty class at a time.
1: Yeah, I know. And because it's uh, that's convoluted as well, because being able to even know that you can go to the financial aid office is uh, very difficult in itself. So having someone to be able to be able to provide you a little pathway, a little guidance, you know, is always helpful. But when we're we're looking specifically for a financial aid office or we're looking for uh, a military based financial aid office, because I know some campuses have uh, assistance in both. Will will they provide the same or how how does that work typically? Great
0: question. Great question. Uh, Depends on how large the campus is. Uh, Typically, they may have. Their own representative mm-hmm. uh, that handles all military benefits, right? So you want to kind of often go start with the financial aid office and let them know, like, hey, I am using, uh, military benefits, chapter 35, uh, in this case here. And, uh, they may have a particular individual that you would need to reach out to that knows all the different, uh, rules and regulations for that program. So make Got sure it. you check with that.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Cause, uh, you know, if you, if you register for a quarter time versus full time, that's a big difference in regards to, you know, tuition assistance. Right. So, yeah, most definitely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you'll pretty much plug in with the regular financial aid office, because just because you're receiving these uh, veteran benefits. Right. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't. Um, negate you from being able to receive Pell Grant and additional mm. student loans and that sort of thing. So you may be operating with that office for those other uh, programs that you qualify for. So that's always going to be your starting point when you're uh, going to the institution there.
1: Oh, that's a great point. It's actually a great segue because when we're talking about this, you also gotta, you also got to think, again, a lot of veterans... Uh, wasn't wasn't in, informed in regards to Chapter Thirty Five, but when we're talking about the post nine eleven GI Bill, this was the sweeping bill that passed. Everyone, we have to re-educate and support our veterans. Um, but the thing was, again, recently they allowed again, and we're gonna talk about recently. I'm talking about again in the last decade or so that a lot of people were started transferring their benefits down to their uh, their their children, right? Um, a lot of veterans did not go to school or active duty members did not go to school. So they said, uh, once I retire, I'm not going to utilize my, my post-9-11. So they actually transferred that benefit down to their children. So if, again, having retainment in some of those uh, post-9-11 benefits, you actually can utilize those benefits in conjunction with your Chapter 35 benefits as well. You now that can be upwards of two three thousand dollars, if not more, uh depending on what uh location you're in and what state you're in so uh and and on top of that, I want to also make sure you guys understand there's also state benefits out there that we'll talk about as well
0: definitely man definitely that that works out so you're saying if they're um if the veteran transferred their benefits down to their dependents. They're able to utilize that Chapter 35 and also still utilize the GI Bill.
1: Yeah. So you're actually able to couple both and be able to utilize both of them, uh, typically if it's processed correct. Uh, but obviously there are restrictions you know, based upon the institution, uh, VA and such. Uh, but again, it's uh, the accreditation, right? Um, we must go to a accredited school, but typically it shouldn't be a problem. Okay.
0: Now, would they reduce the amounts that you receive or you can still receive the kind of the maximum eligibility amounts for that chapter 35? So when we just said, you know, you're receiving, I think, about 1400 if you're full time. Mm-hmm. So would you still be able to receive that same $1,400 if you still had that
1: uh, GI Bill benefit? Oh, you'll receive the full amount. It's just going to be based wow. upon your uh, uh, it's necessarily based upon if you're going full time, half time, quarter time, whatever that schooling or institution qualifies to be that as.
0: Great, man! Great, yep, yeah. So, yep. definitely no reason not to get educated, man. It seems like you'd be able to get all of it paid and mm-hmm. have some additional money to cover this high rent increase <laughs> and stuff that's going on for people, man. So, um, so definitely. All right. So now, you know, of course, we have a lot of people being recertified, whether it's like IT programs, you know, you know, a lot of different things. And a lot of those programs uh, tend to typically be like on the job training programs or apprenticeship programs. So how does this new rate structure kind of impact those programs?
1: Oh, uh, great question. Great question. So uh, when we're talking about apprenticeship programs, on the job training Uh, even trade schools, the VA must certify that as a qualified, um, qualified, I guess, job to need on the job training and the job will actually log the hours you need for the on the job training to certify for that. Okay. Okay? So obviously, you know, it's not going to be a uh, under the table position and something of that nature, it's going to be more of a job that you need training in, uh, such as again uh, a trade, right? Such as a apprenticeship program, uh, working for the union, an electrician or something of that nature. So with that, you need hours to be logged. Some people can actually go on the job and log hours to then work their way up to apprenticeship journeyman and also a school certified uh, whatever trade they're in. So, again, that on a job training can be logged. So with that, they're actually being certified to the VA and they're getting compensated for that to include, um, you know, certain things such as equipment and different things of that nature. So it does not it does not affect it at all. You still receive that same rate based upon the hours, based upon the hours, though. Uh, But again, and that's where you need to. Uh, speak with, obviously, uh, your, 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 uh, your Chapter 35 office or uh, the, the VA, okay, I would say. Uh, speak with them to see what qualifies in regards to the hours that that attains for that specific occupation to receive full-time, quarter-time, or half-time benefits.
0: Absolutely. No, that works. That works. And, you know, we have some individuals that are like extremely ambitious. Right. So they might be in an apprenticeship program and they might still be taking college level or university courses. Right. Mm -hmm. So now how does the benefit work if you're actually doing both at the same time?
1: Um, So if you're doing both. That's pretty tough. Uh, kudos to you <laughs> if you're doing both being able to go to school and also receive on the job training. Uh, but uh, so again, this is something I would follow up with the actual education. Uh, department at the VA, okay, typically your uh, regional office, right? You're going to have to select which option you'd like to go to, right? Uh, Because if you're utilizing your benefits here um, in the education realm, they're not going to pay for your hours for your apprenticeship program as well. I can assure you there are nonprofits. There are also other organizations that will support your journey in regards to uh, your benefits. Because again, a lot of that supportive journey, I want you to understand. A lot of the supportive journey, it's a, it's many organizations that are willing to help. Um, there's state programs. There's nonprofits. There's also there's so many NGOs. There's so many different options out here for veterans. But uh, a lot of times the information isn't there.
0: And then uh, kind of another trade secret that you can do is that a lot of uh, community colleges and, you know, uh, traditional uh, colleges actually have a lot of apprenticeship programs. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, sometimes you'll go to a specialty school and you know, Las Vegas college, if you're out here or different things like that. Yeah, And uh, do that apprenticeship program there. But let's say you're going into like nursing, right? And you want to get your CNA credential and, and you still want to go and get your RN as well. You can actually do that at the state school, right? So try to always look at those on-the-job training uh, programs and in those apprenticeship programs and see if they're actually certified by a state university or the community college in your area, because if there are, A lot of times you're receiving those college credits, Mm -hmm. and then now you don't have to kind of worry about double dipping, right? Because Mm -hmm. if you're going to that CNA program at CSN versus going through an apprenticeship program to get your CNA credential, then now you only have to focus on paying for the credits at CSN. You don't have to kind of go to CSN and take your general education courses and then do the apprenticeship program somewhere. Just try to do everything at that one institution if you actually can.
1: Got it. So let me just. Real quick, I just want to clarify because, um, you know, I want to make sure everything is clear and, and receiving clarity. So you're saying that uh, potentially if you're utilizing your chapter 35 benefits, that you have the option that you can, that you can go to an in-state, I mean, a state college um, to utilize those benefits, to take your G- gen ed courses, and then go to a major university if you want like, to continue, uh, be ambitious and continue that, correct, to be able to get the higher education uh, certification, right?
0: Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then- Why I is mean, that,
1: uh, real, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was just asking, why Why is that so uh, important?
0: Uh, just based on the transferability of the courses, right? Because if you go somewhere that's not accredited to do the apprenticeship program, you're kind of going backwards in a sense of, now you still need a lot of college credits to earn that bachelor's degree and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah. if you kind of keep everything in house, at a reasonably accredited institution, you're able to kind of get more bang for your buck when you're doing it that way.
1: Oh, perfect. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So basically, all in all, Mr. Jones, you're saying uh, you can pocket some of the extra Chapter 35 money by being able to go to in-state tuition. So, uh, I mean, in-state uh, education. And paying in-state tuition so that, that makes a lot of sense
0: yeah absolutely i mean literally like a lot of the courses that you know people might go to the art institute for and pay like a hundred thousand dollars or even if you're even learning how to cook and do culinary and different things you you know you go there for those different programs but CSN got that program so if you're in Las Vegas you know you could actually go there to that community college to do the program at a fraction of the cost and the same thing with like phlebotomy and all those different kind of trades and apprenticeship programs so first step is always looking at your local colleges and universities and see if they
1: have the program before exploring other private options that makes sense I mean uh, I definitely have a culinary program uh, that you can take up here. Um, at, it's going to be at my home. Uh, <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner is going to always be needed, right? So, uh, but yeah, so man, that's great information. That's great information. So, basically, as we kind of close this segment up here, want to know if there's
0: kind of any new opportunities that weren't offered before uh, for uh, the veteran and their families for that Chapter 35 program they should be on the lookout for for uh, the upcoming 2020 for a year?
1: Yeah. So um, it wasn't a really huge update in the program that was provided. It was mainly an update in regards to the funds that were being received. So the cost of living adjustment, that was a major update. Um, again, all standard criteria remains the same at the moment, right? But uh, as we know, uh, that can shift at any moment, right? So we always want to keep an eye on that. We're always going to give you the updates. Uh, but at the end of the day, Um, It remains the same. But again, if you guys have any additional questions, you always can let us know. Because, again, give us a call Uh, again. uh, Send us some information. We'll love to be able to be of assistance if we can and uh, at least point you in the right direction.
0: Absolutely, man. Thanks for watching. Uh go ahead and tune into the next segment where we actually break down the chapter thirty-one benefits for the veterans. So we took care of the family. Now we're trying to take care of the veterans that are looking to go back to school and give you guys that information. So definitely stay tuned.
1: Yes, sir. Prepare to compete.